From the UGA Mentor Program, this is Real Talk. Hi everyone, this is Destiny with the UGA Mentor Program, coming to you with an important update. We have decided to discontinue our podcast and shift our focus and channel all of our energy into other fantastic services and resources. Looking back, it's been an incredible journey. We've had the privilege of bringing you some truly inspiring stories from our extraordinary mentors and mentees. They've graciously poured their hearts, time, energy, and wisdom into creating an enriching space for authentic conversations. So let's take some time to cherish a few of those great moments from the past couple of years. You know, for me, I had gone to a predominantly white high school, and I grew up in West Cobb. And so to come to UGA, I think um, for some of my friends who went to predominantly Black high schools, it wasn't necessarily new to me, right, to be one of the few. But I think one of the things that I found at UGA that maybe I didn't expect and wasn't the same as my high school experience was just the sense of camaraderie that existed among the other Black students at UGA. Um, you know, we speak when we see each other, we say hi, it doesn't matter if I know you, if I don't, if you're Greek and you're an AK, I'm a Delta, like, it doesn't matter, we're going to say hi, good morning, how are you, you know, and we all know each other because that community was, was a smaller one, um, but that, that led us to be close and to be united in a way that may not have been the case in my high school experience, and so for me, while there wasn't necessarily what I would call a culture shock in coming to UGA, um, there was comfort in what I found, which was us, you know, really being supportive of one another and being there for one another. Kind of, there was a bit of a, a group understanding, an unspoken sort of fish out of water feel, right? But we're here to support one another, um, and I've got your back. Right? And the tricky thing about imposter syndrome is that it's with the best of intentions that it gets worse. It's with people that are genuinely so excited to support you and are so willing to cheer you on and want to see you happy and successful that you fall deeper and deeper into that hole. And so when, you know, some of my biggest cheerleaders were cheering me on, that's when those words would just carve into me. And, and it wasn't until I looked up and um, I thought other people, loved ones of mine looked up and were like, you are not doing well. Um, because it is so tied to your mental health. Because if you think about it, imposter syndrome is essentially like an artificial imaginary crack in the foundation of your self-worth. And so if you have built, and what I did and what it sounds like you did too, is that um, as you know, strong independent women in the 21st century, we feel we build our house and our self-worth on what we do and um, how we move through the world and the people that we touch. And I think that's amazing, but it also, um, it can leave you vulnerable because if you get a crack in that foundation, like imposter syndrome is, it feels like you're in the whole building just collapses because I was so, um, tied to my worth being my career at, you know, 18 years old that it wasn't like, it wasn't like I could get out scot-free and it wasn't like I could just be like, oh, this job is you know, too difficult. It's taking too much of a toll. I'm just going to like quit. It was, it felt like my entire being was invested. And because of that, my entire being was almost like poisoned by this um, mentality that the whole thing was a sham. And I 
I have yet to talk to somebody about imposter syndrome and not had them say something like, oh my God, like that's happened to me on whatever level, which is why even though the statistics say 70% of people will experience this, I find that it's, I mean, I would argue that it's hundred percent after the age of like, I don't know, maybe 15 or something where people have been in that position where they're like, oh my God, I tricked everybody here. And am I going to tell them or are you going to tell them? But EQ or emotional intelligence is your emotional quotient. And so that's more, in my opinion, of a learned behavior that deals with self-awareness and everything that X has said. It's, it's understanding your own emotions and others. But a lot of it comes down to timing, reading a room and saying the right thing at the right time. What do you think emotional intelligence, how, how it's important in our everyday lives? One quick story. So I going through academics nine years, I mean, that's, that's a lot of you make high scores, you move on, you, you, you're successful. I remember getting into my first job at Turner Sports. Somebody nicely pulled me aside and said, hey, your whole career thus far has been defined by grades and how well you process things like largely IQ. He says, if you're not able to, you know, understand people, he said, people don't always remember what they, what you say, but how you make them feel. And so he said, if you're not able to really get that component, you're not going to succeed in this world. And so I find that to be successful in my daily life is much more about people than it is the productivity or work that I'm actually completing. I remember like when I was a freshman, when I first came to the United States, I struggled, I struggled a lot of how to communicating with different people, how to understand the English and how to make American friends. But I think the International Students Office and all the programs that UGA have, like uh, International Students Life, Immigration Services, lots of students, organizations can really help me to overcome the language barrier and help me to improve my English and to make American friends. You know, you know, I really did enjoy my experience at UGA and and my prayer is that, you know, all students, international American students that we interact with each other. Because what I learned is like there's a lot of parallels between, you know, between different people's lives. And for me, particularly, the program that I really enjoyed at UGA and I loved going to was International Coffee Hour. And I'd mm. always, yeah, I'd always bring my American friends. And, and I'd go to this International Coffee Hours and because different student groups, you know, Indian uh, Student Association, African, uh, Korean, all these all these students, their knowledge, their working knowledge. So in a globalized world, everybody should should be open to learning and understanding from each other. So I love the International Coffee Hour on every Friday during my lunch hour. I'd always tag along my American friend and, and you know, we, we'd enjoy that. And another thing for the international students, if you're from, let's say, China, you know, make friends with people from Africa, Europe, you never know when, you know, you never know what you can learn from them. And what you will realize is there's so many parallels in lives. There's so many parallels in cultures. Slightly, there are differences, but I learned that there's a lot of parallels, even with us, with American, with 
you know so just being open to understanding if you don't understand something you can just ask and i think that a lot of international students even american students they'll explain things to you junior year i really was like you know this mentor program is a great opportunity uh to really expand my network and uh, meet people in the industry and figure out, okay, where do I want to be and how do I get there? And that's how I met Ben. Uh, and it's been a crazy journey the past six months. Uh, and the mentor program has been a big catalyst for that. So has it really been six months? It's yeah, it's been, it's time has flown by. It's almost a year, actually. It's been pretty crazy. Really? <sighs> Yeah, because we started, it was June 2021 when we, we connected for the first time. Right, right. Oh, wow. It's, it's been a journey, let me tell you. <laughs> it certainly has. I think one thing, just by sharing how long you all have continued to stay in contact with one another, is that our program is set up so that it's a 16-week mentorship if you're doing the traditional mentorship route. And mm -hmm. Obviously, y'all are going strong and st still continuing to um, stay in contact with each other. And I think we hear a, a lot of that from other students, too, that just because it's 16 weeks, they often like create lifelong connections and friendships through this program, which is really cool. I remember at the start, like I was sitting on my lunch break in the back at Trader Joe's, you know, and I was like, OK, let me call my mentor, you know, and so I was talking to him. And then by the end, I was getting internships. And so it was like to get to see that progress over those six months um, or three months was amazing. And I think that was the biggest highlight was just to see the progress that we were able to do and during the mentorship. So I'll say it, you know, as someone who was a mentee, as someone who is a mentor, it is the most rewarding experience that you could ever have. We hope you've enjoyed what you've learned here. And we want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of this remarkable experience. This content will continue to live on, so be sure to share it with others as you feel is appropriate to their situations. Remember, we're always here for you, supporting and guiding you every step of the way. Thank you for being a part of the UJ Mentor Program family. And now, for one final time, this is Real Talk. Real Talk for Real Dogs.